I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspective. Hello, hello, Madigan. Oh, hello, my vacationed beauty. Ugh, man, I'm feeling so rested. I've never hated you more in my life. I'm so sorry, but listen, I needed it desperately. I'm so happy we were able to do it. We went to like Arrowhead for like four days, uh, five days. I think it was like five days. Didn't you leave last Friday? I left last Saturday. Okay, I thought it was Friday. Yeah, we left Saturday. It was almost a week. Yeah, it was a while. Um, plants are doing okay. They they were struggling a little bit. I had to trim <laughs> off some dead plant leaves when I got back, but all in oh all. Oh my gosh. Did my friend Lauren ever contact you? No. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, Lauren, I'm calling you out on the show because I know you listen. I know you're killing plants. And I told you to contact Keegan. Oh, no. I know. She's going to be so upset. So whenever Lauren hears this episode, she'll be reminded to contact Keegan to say I will. Poor innocent plants. Help in whatever way I can. (laughs) Happy to do it. You are the plant whisperer now. So you did have somebody there to like watch over them while you were gone. Yeah, I had um, my friends, Chris and Cassie, who you know, they live a walking distance. So they came by, fed the kitties, watered the plants for me. So it was was all good. It was all good. But it was wonderful. I feel like a mountain person now. I just want to live in the mountains. Yep. Although what I will say. What? Trump country up there. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. It's Trump we, country up there. Yeah, it's it's a little jarring, to be honest. It's a yeah. little jarring how many Trump signs I saw up there. It's shocking because we live in California and there's this mentality that like when you're from here that you're kind of liberal. 
yeah, that is a very like progressive bubble. But up there, I, I, I don't know if it's everyone, but I do think that there are a few very loud Trump supporters well, in that know, area. I, I think that no matter where you go, if you go toward places that have a lot of money, you're going to find more Trump supporters. And Los Angeles is different because we have so many artists that are here and everyone's in the entertainment industry, which is typically more liberal. But yeah, if you go outside of Los Angeles in any way, like when I was driving up to like wine country, like five, four, five mm-hmm. years ago, same thing. I was I was shocked. And when Max and I went to Idaho last year when we stopped in Nevada and we went to that gas station, I remember talking about this on the show a while ago where there was like NRA shirts and like... Oh, yeah. I it's mean, just I think... It's insane. It's another world. It, it is. I think, you know, uh, most of... Most of California is actually not super liberal. It's like the major cities like San Francisco, Los Angeles, San Diego are liberal. And then everything else is like, you know, it's like it's like farming Republican country. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but luckily, San Francisco and Los Angeles are heavily populated. Yes. uh, Which is just uh, as soon as I said that, it reminded me, did you watch the Trump interview with HBO? Oh, dear. It is a mess. It's a mess. It it's, just reminded me of when he's talking about how like the population doesn't matter. Oh, it's, it's about the wild. cases. It's about the cases. Let me tell you, listeners. I know we haven't gotten into our stories yet, but like, I mean, let hey, me this tell is still you. News. If you haven't seen it, you you do have to watch it. it I oscillated between it's being you like so much satisfaction. It brings you satisfaction, but it's also so extremely upsetting like oh, it's yeah. both of those things like you want to laugh at it but if you're not laughing at it you're crying you're about cry. it because yeah. you're like this is the person who's in charge of our country and people support him people yeah. have signs in their yards in well, like and arrowhead for him that was something that i liked about that interview is that the interviewer jonathan said you know they're not going to listen to me they're not going to listen to the health officials they're going to listen to you they're looking for advice from you to wear their masks to keep yourself safe. If you didn't know that the whole interview was kind of about how he's been handling the pandemic and things like that. And, um, you know, it's true. If he were to say the right things and encourage his followers to wear masks and, you know, practice social distancing guidelines, they would listen to him. Yeah. But even if he does that now, I think it's too far gone. It's too little too late. He should have done that in the beginning because now people are so their heels are dug in. So many people weren't wearing masks in like Arrowhead. Oh, I know. So many people. We were like walking around and I was like, um, what? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy. On all of the drives that we've done during the pandemic, we've noticed you know, large like motorcycle gangs getting together, large groups of people getting together, um, you know, going on hikes, like very narrow, you know, pathways, people still crossing very close together. I can't believe that people haven't gotten the picture yet that like we need to be extra careful. They don't care. They just don't care. Like that's what it comes down to, honestly. Um, Well, okay, let's jump into the stories. Let's do it. Of today. So I have a couple of things. So I'm going to have you go in the middle and I'll kick us off. Sounds like a good time. So I wanted to talk um, about something that I had not heard a lot about, but it came up. I was scrolling through Instagram and I think it came up on like a Now This article. And so I flagged it because I was like, I want to learn more about that. So I've read a few articles about this. Five people in Egypt were jailed for indecent TikToks. (gasps) 
I read Have you this, heard about this? I read these articles. Yes, it's absolutely insane. Yes. I mean, it's not so, it's not insane. It's just it's absolutely sad that they are squashed by their right. like, free yes. expression. Go yeah, on. Yeah, I horrible. mean, and it it is a I wanted to talk about it because it is a feminist issue yeah. because it's women. I mean, there have been two women jailed and three men jailed, but the men were jailed for basically aiding and abetting the women in right, posting for like their TikToks. Them and yeah, them. exactly. Um, so it's really a suppression of women is really yeah. what this is about. And so I got this information from New York Times and BBC.com. Um, an Egyptian court on Monday convicted two women, their social media stars in Egypt, Muwada al-Adham, who's 22, and Hanin Hossam, who's 20, on charges of, quote, violating the values and principles of the Egyptian family. And they yeah. sentenced each of them to two years imprisonment. And the court also found uh, three men guilty on charges of helping post the women's videos. Uh, and so they received the same sentence, two years wild. Yeah. So the government claimed that the women's appearance, choice of dress, dance moves, and statements in their TikToks constituted indecent behavior and inciting prostitution. Yeah. And that inciting prostitution charge comes from um, Hanin Hossam. She's a archaeology student at Cairo University, and she actually wears a head covering, which does um, kind of give the impression that she comes from a more conservative family. Right. But she was arrested back in April, so she's been... Arrested she's, without bail right, since she's April been in jail. Mm-hmm, for an Instagram video clip that prosecutors called indecent. And in the video, she encouraged women to post videos of themselves to an app called Likey, which I guess pays users based on how many views they receive. They like monetizes their videos. Right. And so the prosecutors accused her of inviting young women to sell sex online. And her lawyer was like, nothing said in that video violated the law. And in fact, the video is proof of her innocence, not of her guilt. Because never once in that video is she actually saying that. And it's it's very clear that it is just a stance against these women having any kind of autonomy or or independence. Um, I can see where that would be a window into, you know, finding that loophole. Of a way exactly. to suppress what mm-hmm. she's doing because they're saying, "Oh well, you're you are encouraging women to post themselves online, so online, but to put themselves in like difficult and dangerous situations." Like I see what they're trying to do, but it doesn't make sense. Right? They're basically saying like you're what what they're really saying is you are eroding our culture, right. our way of life, in which women are supposed to behave a certain way by asking other women to. Um, exert their independence by posting these videos right. uh, where they can monetize these videos, basically. Right. And they were popular in Egypt. So they were obviously getting their message out there and they had a very strong influence. So I don't know anything about Egypt's government and, you know, his influence on his people. And right. you know, I'm not well, going to pretend that I do. But, you know, I know that a lot of other countries, you know, I'm, I'm Russia is coming to mind, you know, very quickly where they're very very aware of the so-called quote-unquote problematic, you know, influencers in the area. Right, which will, 
I was going to say we'll talk about that later, but why not talk about it right now? Talk about so, it now, Keegan. <laughs> basically, it, that is kind of the case. So the government has a very strong kind of hold on what is released in the news and in the media, but they don't have as strong a hold, um, or they didn't, on what was released in on social media. But in 2018, Egypt passed a sweeping cyber crimes law that gave the government authority to jail and fine anyone on social media who it believes uses their content to, quote, violate public morals. So it's a very yeah. loose, kind of vague, um, well, vague and th- thing. And that's what makes it so easy to arrest somebody if, if you keep it vague then you're making it so that it's just this very umbrella you know rule and there's so many yes. things that can fall under it mm-hmm. so that if exactly. you feel it's morally wrong or goes against you know egypt's moral culture that's right all, that all that's all you have to say you know? it, it, exactly exactly and so the other one um the 22 year old woman el adam Uh, She is a former beauty pageant contestant, and she has 3.2 million followers on TikTok. Damn, girl. Yeah, get that. Secure the bag, girl. Get that money. (laughs) Um, Get those coins. But the... The other girl um, she has, or the other woman, she has like 2 million followers on TikTok or something like that. And she knew, I think probably after the first woman was arrested in April, she knew that they were going to come for her. Oh, yeah. And so she she was on the run for days damn yes because she was like i she knew that they were going to come and arrest her so she was running from arrest in may moving between houses in cairo um and throughout the suburbs throughout the mediterranean coast and one of the guys who was convicted he was not convicted for helping them post the videos but he was convicted for like aiding and abetting her on the run like basically hiding her oh my from god authorities yeah so uh, her videos, I mean, these videos, I really want to stress that these videos by American standards or by Western standards are tame. Like they oh, yeah. are downright super tame. It's mostly just these girls being silly, laughing, singing, dancing. Their outfits are not even really that revealing in any way. Um, no. However, the prosecutors called her videos, so um, El Adam's videos, disgraceful and insulting. <laughs> so um, the convictions were the first verdicts in a series of at least nine arrests since April of young Egyptian women who are prominent on TikTok. Another woman was expected to be sentenced on Wednesday. I tried to Google to see what the outcome of that was, but wasn't able to find anything. Mm -hmm. But in addition to their jail sentences, each woman also faces a fine of approximately 300,000 Egyptian pounds, which is 19,000 US dollars. Wild. Wild. Um, so earlier this year, there was an Egyptian belly dancer, uh, Sama El Masri, 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 um, who also faced charges for TikTok. She had posted videos of her belly dancing on TikTok, and government officials claimed that her videos, quote, incited debauchery, and she was given a three-year jail sentence, as well as a fine. Three years Ugh. in jail. Um, and like, so the, the thought of that is so like foreign to me and so terrifying to me because like if you look at the things that we see on Instagram on you know I'm not on TikTok but I guess on TikTok you know on social media in general every day 
you know, that is so much more, you know, I guess vulgar than anything that these women are doing. It's so scary to think about the fact that you could be in your own home making videos and you're going to get tracked down and be arrested. Oh, absolutely. It's very scary. And what's scary as well, and I think something that we should keep in mind, um, I think we as Americans oftentimes take for granted the fact that we don't believe these things can happen to us. But this year has shown us that we are stepping towards authoritarianism. Yes. Um, And if it can happen in other parts of the world, do not take for granted the fact that it can happen here. And there's a reason why we are so vocal um, about stopping these things when we see them start to creep up and kind of nipping them in the bud as quickly as possible. Because if you don't, things could snowball. Um, because look, if if this was happening in the United States, I, I hate to break it to you, Madigan, but you and I are in big fucking trouble. We'd be fucked. <laughs> we'll this go away podcast, forever. But, and for me, between this podcast and my worst date, where we say some truly wild shit on yeah. that podcast... I'd be just in massive trouble. I so think, I think that they would bring the death sentence back for you. Keegan. I mean, just for, just your for shows me, alone. Sp- they're like, you have two shows and both of them are unacceptable. <laughs> um, so <laughs> charges against uh, women for violating, quote, family values have been on the rise in Egypt in recent months. And in July, this last July, activists, anonymous activists, because... Can you blame them? Um, Anonymous activists in Egypt have started a nationwide campaign calling for the release of several women being held on similar charges. They made this online petition, which you can go uh, read sections from. I didn't want to take a bunch of time quoting a bunch of stuff from that petition. But Mm -hmm. basically, they're saying that this is a very transparent attempt to... um, block women's rights yeah. women's rights because they're not they don't give a fuck about what men do no. <laughs> because their culture doesn't care about what men do but they care very much about the way that women are perceived yeah. um, and they want them to be modest uh, they want them to adhere to a certain standard and when they do something that violates that standard um, it's literally criminal right which well, is is really scary I hope for nothing but safety for all of those women. You know, it's got to be horrifying to be, you know, sentenced to two years in prison for something as... Stupid. They're they're just dancing. The the, the one know, of the videos just, I saw was so silly. It was like she went to a McDonald's and they gave her an ice cream cone and she put the ice cream cone on her head oh, and yeah, she was I like laughing, yeah. you know, and like like just silly silly stuff. I like know, why? And, just, and especially because of that, like these innocent, sweet, silly videos. You see these, you know, sweet, innocent, silly women. And you know that they're going to be spending time in prison. And that's horrifying to me. Like, right. that and I, really I tugs at my heartstrings. I don't mean to undermine them at all by calling them girls. But to me, thinking back to who I was and what I was like at 20 years old, yeah. I was a girl. Yeah. And the idea that like I could be thrown in jail for something so silly oh, would yeah. be terrifying to I me. mean, the emotional rants on Twitter I went on as a late teen, of early course. 20-something. Like, you know, you can't <laughs> can't always be the smartest on social media. You know, you learn as you get older. Oh, well, I am going to try to walk us all through the Beirut explosion because I don't know about anybody else, but it was a very confusing day for me when it happened and time afterwards trying to figure out what it meant uh what was your first reaction when you saw it keegan i'm just curious 
So uh, we were up in Lake Arrowhead and Anthony, I guess someone sent it to him. And so he showed me the video. Somebody had taken a video. I think it's probably the most famous video where you see the initial blast and then you see the second blast. And he, the person taking the video is really far away. Yeah. Uh, and it blows it him ends back. up like, bl- yeah, blows him back, blows yeah. his windows in. Um, and I, first of all, I was like, where is that? What yeah. is happening? I, it, it looks like warfare. Like, I was like, what's happening? Did someone just drop a bomb? Like, what? That's what I thought, too. It ha- it brought me 9-11 flashbacks. And that's why I wanted to ask you, because I was like, who did this? That was immediately my thought. I was like, who the fuck did this? Yeah, so, because it, it, it seems inconceivable that that kind of explosion could happen it, just, you know, uh, out of nowhere. As an accident. You know what I mean? So I do, I found a really great article from the Los Angeles Times that really explained it well for me. So for anybody else that is having, you know, a bit of a hard time understanding what happened in Beirut, here's a little bit of information. So unfortunately, the explosion killed 135 people and at least 5,000 are injured and dozens are still missing, which sounds absolutely terrifying to not know where your loved ones are. And about 3,000 people have been displaced from their homes. So obviously, and also still during a pandemic, this is not, this is not good. Right. The hospitals are overwhelmed. The hospitals are incredibly overwhelmed. I'm going to get to that in just a bit. I want to talk about the source. So that's kind of how we started this conversation. Immediately, both of us kind of went to this, what the fuck happened? Who did this kind of mindset? So... The explosion happened after a raging fire had started at this port warehouse. So this is kind of where all of their like um, imported goods come in and things like that. And this fire went on for about 14 minutes as emergency workers were responding and trying to put out this fire. And then all of a sudden the fire just rapidly gets worse, followed by a huge explosion. And then seconds later, a final massive blast enveloped the entire area. So according to the Lebanese government, the source of the explosion was 2,750 tons of ammonium nitrate, which is an explosive chemical used as fertilizer, and it's sometimes used in bombs. So they were saying that the ammonium nitrate was stored in the port warehouse after being confiscated from an abandoned Russian-owned ship from 2014 that they were finally able to take the contents off of that ship, and they had decided to keep it in this warehouse port. Lebanon's national news agency reported that the fire first ignited fireworks and the LBCI news channel reported that the welding work on the warehouse caused the fire. But the official government uh, answer to it is the insane amount of ammonium nitrate, which would make sense. So to put it into a bit of perspective, ammonium nitrate can be as much as 40% as powerful as TNT. So especially with over 2,000 tons of this stuff, it's going to cause incredible damage. And that damage includes a gaping hole that's approximately 460 feet in diameter where the warehouse stood. Uh, The explosion destroyed most structures in the port area, which is about 160 acres. Uh, The explosion also capsized a 390-foot-long ship that was 1,500 feet east of the explosion. So as Keegan was saying, you know, in that video, it looks like they're very far away. And then all of a sudden, you're kind of being thrown back with the person recording the video. 
Did you happen to see the video of the, the woman? Bride? Yes. Yes, I posted it on my story uh, yesterday. Oh my god! It's, so, it, listeners, if you haven't seen this, it we'll is, post it with we'll post it with our episode. Okay. Tomorrow. Yeah, because it is so wild. It's so bizarre. It takes it you feels like on a ride. I showed it to Max without telling him what it was. And he was like, oh, she's so beautiful. She's so beautiful. And we were like, oh, isn't it like, don't you love seeing like weddings? Because if you like from other cultures, if you did this here, you look like an idiot, you know, that kind of thing. And she just looks stunning. And then all of a sudden. Right. It's it's, it feels like and I know that this is a thing that a lot of people felt is, you know, this is a country that has known war. Right. And so a lot of these people in Beirut have. PTSD or trauma, unresolved trauma from having lived in a war zone. And then you see this and that's what it feels like. Like you watch this video of this woman who's like gorgeous, beautiful and this like very stylized wedding shoot. Right. Like it looks very cinematic. Like the cinematography is gorgeous. It's perfect. Um, And then all of the sudden it's just you hear this boom. The camera shakes. It rocks. It's It's straight out of a horror movie. Terrifying. It's straight out of a horror movie. And so a lot of people have been um, incorrectly calling it uh, a mushroom cloud, which I just read is what you would call just an atomic bomb. A nuclear explosion. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of people have been referring to it as that. But I learned today, I did a bit of a science lesson with myself. I won't go into all of it with you guys, but I learned a lot. Uh, What that big white dome was, it's actually an overpressure wave. And it's caused by exploding ammonium nitrate. So to me, that pretty much makes sense that that's what the cause of Mm -hmm. this explosion was. So as Keegan mentioned earlier, hospitals are completely overwhelmed. Uh, The port is centrally located and thousands of people live in the area. There are lots of hospitals in that area. At least five within that one mile radius of the port were destroyed. Um, So a lot of nurses and doctors are forced to turn patients away, and some patients have had to be treated in dark parking lots by the light of their phones. So there's so many injured and hurt that if you're not in bad enough shape, I would say you're going to be sent home, but I would assume that a lot of these people don't even have homes to return to. You're just... Yeah, it reminds me very much of like any other kind of natural disaster. You know, like if a hurricane hits, a tsunami hits, or like a devastating earthquake, it's all kind of the same thing. It's like this shit goes down so quickly that we don't have infrastructure in place to handle it. And then in addition to that, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. And the other issue there is that one of their main grain silos went down. It was carrying 15,000 tons of grains. And Lebanon is now left with less than one month of grain reserves. But according to the economy minister, they're expecting enough imports to avoid a crisis. So I hope that that's true because that's that's huge. And also the fact that this is kind of where all of their imports come in and out of. I was talking with Max earlier about just like, how is that going to affect their trade? How are they going to be receiving things and sending things out? And I didn't read a lot about that, but I definitely want to look more into it. Um, And they were also discussing at the end of this article that in 2015, 800 tons of ammonium nitrate ignited in one of China's busiest seaports, which killed 80 and injured 800. So unfortunately, 
this isn't the only time that this kind of explosion has happened. Uh, it's just this one is, uh, I think, particularly because we had it all on video, is particularly getting a lot of media attention and it was particularly absolutely devastating to that whole community. Right. Yeah. I mean, and yes, exactly. I think it's also the devastation of knowing what Beirut has already been through um, and knowing that they, a lot of these people do not have the savings. They don't have the ability to rebuild in the way that a lot of us would. Now, again, right. I was <laughs> on vacation exactly. uh, for the last week. So I've been kind of like in and out of knowing exactly what's going on. Um, so I can't give you any specifics right now. But I do know that there are a lot of petitions or not petitions, but a lot of um, GoFundMes and things going around uh, in yeah. order to try. There are a lot of places that you can donate money to the victims of this tragedy. So I can try and find some of those. We can try and post some of those somewhere. Definitely. But they need help. They absolutely need help. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's something to me that I feel like I should have seen in like a sci-fi movie or something. You know, yeah, it doesn't it's really seem wild. Real. Mm-hmm. It's really wild. Like if you haven't seen that video, I mean, it's. I, I was I, I was not prepared I for like what that, I was about it, to it see. It was just like what the fuck. Like that was the yeah. only thought in my head. I was just like, what? What, what are, just happened? Like, I, yeah, it was just sent to me too. Like I I didn't see it on my own. I was just like, what the fuck was just sent to me? Like, did this happen a long time ago? Like, what is this? Yeah, it was so crazy. It, it really did look like it was a movie. It didn't it didn't feel like it was something that was real. It yeah. didn't. Yeah. So that's that's insane. Um, OK, so I have just one last thing that I wanted to bring up really quickly. Uh, there was an attack on a federal judge and her family that happened a little while ago. So this information that I have here is from The Cut and CNN. So this did happen a, a while ago. It was on July 19th. There was a gunman who shot and killed the son of a federal judge in Newark, New Jersey at the family home and shot and injured her husband in that same attack. So Judge Esther Salas, who's 51, she's actually New Jersey's first Hispanic um, woman who was appointed as a U.S. district judge there. Wow. She was at her house at the time of the shooting, but she wasn't injured. So the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because I watched her video that she just uploaded this week. I think it was a couple of days ago. She uploaded a video to YouTube for the first time speaking out about this situation. And it's really devastating to watch her talk about it because she was in the basement um, or downstairs is what she said. I picture a basement. She's right. downstairs with her son having a conversation. He's 20 years old. Um, they were having like a, a nice like heart to heart after having gone to a birthday party. I think maybe even his birthday party. And he had said to her something like, oh, I just want to keep talking to you, mom. I love you. I love talking to you. <laughs> and that's when the doorbell rang and he went up to answer it. <gasps> oh, no. So um, she was not injured, but her husband who is an attorney um, and a former prosecutor, he was shot and is in stable condition. The son was shot first, and the the judge, Esther Salas, she said that her son, like, moved in front of her husband, so mm. he took the first shot, and it went right through his heart, oh, and so that's why honey. he died. Um, but investigators have identified a suspect, uh, Roy Den Hollander, 
this is why I wanted to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Royden Hollander is a self-described anti-feminist lawyer with a fixation mm-hmm. on Judge Solace. He died shortly after this attack Fuck by you. suicide. Fuck yeah, he oh, killed himself. Fuck you, you mm-hmm. fucking coward. I'm sorry. I know. I'm no, not, he's a I do not, shit. And I want to say, I do not think suicide is cowardly whatsoever. But you knew. You knew that you were in fucking trouble and you... Took the easy way out. Fuck you. Well, dude. and be- beyond that, he had been diagnosed with cancer already. He was an older man. He was like in his seventies, and he had been diagnosed with cancer. And so, a lot of people are speculating that he decided to act this out before he died. Um, and he actually had a, a dossier on her and her family in of his home, course. as well as other targets. Oh, um, and they have my since. Gosh. They have since linked him to a, another killing of a lawyer on July 11th. So um, Den Hollander, he had a history of misogyny and a weird fixation on Judge Solace. So according to the Daily Beast, Den Hollander was known for filing several, quote, men's rights related lawsuits. I kind of want to go look at uh, Red Pill again and see if he was interviewed. I, I bet he was. We should just Google his name, Red Pill. Yeah, because I don't want to watch it again. Up. You're right. Um, but so he had filed a lot of men's rights lawsuits, arguing that ladies nights at clubs and women's studies programs at universities were unconstitutional. Oh, fuck on, you, you little I know. snowflake. He's such a piece of shit. Ugh. On his personal website, he reportedly described himself as an anti-feminist. In his writings, he also indicated a consuming fixation with Judge Solace, who he once called a, quote, lazy and incompetent Latina judge of appointed by Obama Um, in one of his like in his like manifesto he referred to Judge Solace as a affirmative action case advanced by those who he believed wanted to quote convince America that whites especially white males were barbarians and all those of darker skin complexions were victims Um, and but here's what's weird about this is he filed ever make any sort of office as an attorney i just don't how how keegan i don't know i mean because all kinds of people can be attorneys and they can have all kinds of worldviews and they're not always good but he filed a lawsuit that went before judge solace um before her court in 2019 and he was arguing that it was unconstitutional for women to be subjected um for women not to be subjected to the military draft the same way that men are and she actually didn't throw the case out like she was like all right i'm willing to hear your case yeah and this somehow pissed him off what like it made him even more angry in his writings about the case he comes up with the notion that solace was delaying the lawsuit to further her career and then he attacked her on the basis of her race and gender he said Female judges didn't bother me as long as they were middle-aged or older black ladies. They seemed to have an understanding of how life worked and were not about to be conned by any foot-dragging lawyer. Latinas, however, were usually a problem driven by an inferiority complex. Oh, my Mm -hmm. gosh. How... Right. I mean, and he we should have known he was dangerous. I'm sure people did know because in his writings, in his like manifesto that he left, he wrote, quote, the feminists should be careful in their meddling with nature. There are 300 million firearms in this country and most of them are owned by guys. (laughs) So 
He's a piece of shit. I don't, um, but I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. To, that is that's horrifying. Yeah, that's, he's a terrifying person. That is, genuinely absolutely terrifying mm-hmm. to think about to say hey women there are you know three million firearms or whatever number you just said in this country. again you and i are fucked we have We're a feminism f- podcast if these people want to come for us here you know i mean it's not a challenge but here we are you know what that is that's a cross i'm willing to die on I, you know? like l- yes i mean i'm not gonna not talk about the things that matter to me because I'm scared about it but like it is something to keep in mind that these people are genuinely so pissed off that the status quo is getting fucked with that they are willing to kill us for it yeah Um, and so Judge Salas she did break her silence you can watch the video she posted on YouTube I watched it it's really heartbreaking because she does maintain a lot of composure she's a judge right um, but I'm sure she's falling apart and you see her fall apart. Like, you just see her voice quiver and her... She's talking about her son. Yeah. And, like, the it, her 20-year-old son, it's the worst thing a parent could go through. Yeah. And so what... She posted this video, though, because she is wanting to call for judges to be afforded greater privacy protections from the public. That makes sense. She said that the gun, gunman who came to her home obtained her information too easily she said quote in my case the monster knew where i lived and what church we attended attended and had a complete dossier on me and my family at the moment there is nothing we can do to stop it and that is unacceptable my son's death cannot be in vain which is why i'm begging those in power to do something to help my brothers and sisters on the bench so the u.s marshal service who is tasked with protecting more than 2,700 judges, has reported that threats to judges have grown significantly in the last five years. Wow. So, So you have this anti-feminist <laughs> men's rights activist um, who was very easily able to get a hold of this woman's information um, and took it out on her family. Yeah. It's terrifying. And what was her son's name? Daniel. Daniel. Oh, well, again, our hearts are with that family as well. This was definitely a very heavy episode. Heavy I know. Episode. Do we have anything that you and I could just tip off the end of this episode to make it a little bit less sad? I have not been on social media, so I don't know if anything good. Well, uh, Beyonce's new film came out, and I've been watching clips of that for a while, and it is beautiful. So there's that. I mean, and this is where I always feel like I'm, I mean, I know I'm in the minority. I respect Beyonce and all that she does. I just, I'm not a fan of her music, so I haven't seen it. I don't know. I know, I'm sorry. I know it's a really controversial stance. I respect her. I think she's great. I love what she stands for. It's just not my type of music to listen to. So I respect okay, it. All right. I'm not going to watch a whole movie on it, but I'm glad that so many people are happy and loving it. Um, I don't have anything positive to say. I've been stuck in the fucking valley this whole time. So I guess we'll end it on Beyonce. <laughs> I approve. I approve. You approve. Okay, great. That's all I need. I need one approval. Okay. Well, everybody, we've still gotten a lot of really great... Uh, things from you all ideas for what to talk about continue sending those in we've been getting a lot on instagram continue to direct message us there at angry neighborhood feminist you can also email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com we have a facebook business and group page you can go ahead and root and review us on the business page and you can chat with the fellow listeners on the group page you can also rate and review us on apple Podcasts. it helps us out so much and you will be featured on reviews day tuesday we also have 
three-way Twitter that we sometimes use at Yamp Podcast. Y A N F Podcast. Last but not least, if you don't already, get your butt over to Radio Public. Listen to us there. It's a free way for you to listen to us, and it helps us just a teeny tiny bit. All right. With all of that being said, we encourage you to rage, to rage on. Bye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.